thank you for joining me again for Rev Kev and the Root, where we get to the root and not just the shoot. Amen. Let's pray before we get started. Father, I just ask that you would move by your spirit uh, upon this time of communication on this podcast, of communicating your word, of communicating uh, your thoughts and your heart to your people. And Lord, I ask that you would help me to be able to be sensitive to the spirit of God, to know what it is that you would have for me to say uh, to all of us, Lord, because it's not just the people that I'm talking to that your precepts apply to, but they apply to me, Lord. So help me to learn and to go deeper in you so that I can help others to learn and to go deeper in you. So, Lord, I just ask that you administer by the power of your Holy Ghost, your Ruach HaKodesh, this day, Father. I ask that you administer, Lord, and if there be anyone who don't know you, that, Lord, you would cause them to come into a real relationship with you because I know that you are a God of experience and each person's experience is unique between you and them. And so, Lord, I just ask that you would Help us, Lord, to break free from religion and, Lord, from uh, the precepts of man. And, Lord, that we would embrace your word and embrace the experiences in this life that you are in with us and come to know you more through those experiences, Lord. And I just thank you right now in the name of Yeshua, Baruch Atah Adonai, Eloheinu, Melech Ha'olem, Ashur, Bakarbanu, Meko Ha'amem, Venatin, Lanu, Et Torah, Baruch Atah Adonai, Neten HaTorah. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who chose us from all the peoples and gave to us his Torah. Blessed are you, Lord, giver of the Torah. Amen. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is where you are. Today's podcast is entitled or titled Job Out of the Blue, Dissecting Eliaphas' Words. It is titled Job Out of the Blue, Dissecting Eliaphas' Words. In this podcast episode, I would like uh, if we take the words of Eliaphas, look at them uh, etymologically, also look at the concepts and themes that are put forth and thus learn something about studying the word of Hashem with the purpose of proper life application. Amen. So there are many themes that uh, a lot of the times are expressed in one uh, Bible uh, chapter uh, and in one uh, part of the narrative of Scripture. And there are different genres of Scripture, of course, we know. And some of the Scriptures are poetic and some of the Scriptures are narrative uh, Scriptures. And I believe that the book of Job or Job is more of a narrative genre of scripture. But as I said, we don't want to just look at the words because once again, let me reiterate from a many podcasts ago that, excuse me, that words 
uh, are containers and words contain thoughts and thoughts contain concepts. And so when we study the word of God, we don't want to just, you know, study it with the uh, intent of just gaining more um, knowledge as far as knowing what the Bible says, but we want to be able to gr really grasp what the concept is behind what is being said. And so in uh, the book of Job or Yov, uh in chapter four, verse one, this is our key to alert us to who is speaking in chapter four, because at this point, we're going to be in chapter number five. But chapter number four in Job, uh, we see who is uh, speaking in this particular passage of scripture. So in Job 4 and verse 1, it says, Then Eliphaz the Temanite answered and said, and so Eliphaz was his name, and he was a Temanite, meaning that's where he was from. That's the country that he was originated from. And so uh, that's who's talking in chapter number five. So that's just to lay the groundwork before we even get into chapter uh, number five. Eliphaz, whose name means God is gold, G-O-L-D, God is gold, because, you know, L, it stands for, for God. And Faz uh, is uh, a Hebrew word which has to do with gold or refining. And so uh, this, it, the way the, uh, it's been presented to me by the Spirit of God is that this man had insight into the character of God. You know, and that's something that is very important for all of us, I believe. And as anything else, as far as podcasts or anything else go, uh, it's up to you what you accept and what you reject. I'm not forcing anyone to believe anything. And so this is what I believe about Eliaphas, uh name, because in many times in the Hebrew language or in the Hebrew culture, name denoted character, just like Jacob's name meant deceiver or supplanter. And so when you look at the, the Hebrew names, then you're, you're, you're going to uh, run across the concept of character and that name uh, telling you what that person's character is all about or telling you something about that particular name. And so I believe that Eliphaz had a, a uh, inside knowledge of the character of God, which is extremely important in the test of life. Because sometimes when we go through the test of life, as Job went through these tests, it is possible that we would believe that God is allowing these things because he does not like us or because we have done something wrong. But trouble in your life is not always an indication that you have done something 
wrong or that God is angry with you or that God, you know, is judging you or wants to kill you or destroy you. Because when you read back in the beginning of the book of Job, Job had done nothing wrong. In fact, it wasn't someone who was on earth who was talking about Job's character and who Job was, but it was God himself who was talking about Job and his character and, uh, you know, all that uh, Job had accomplished as far as... Uh, as far as, as, it, as it related to God. And so it wasn't, uh, Job had done nothing that merited, uh, you know, him being um, put uh, under pressure or under some type of unjust uh, or some type of just punishment or anything like that. Uh, God was not punishing Job, because the Bible says in the beginning of Job in chapter one, verse one, it says there was a man. And uh, and I talked about that before, about as far as Elijah, Elijah was a man and he had like passions like we do. So Job was a man and he was a man just like I'm a man. And if you're a man, he's a man just like you. In other words, he was a human being. He was a man. And he says, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect. That doesn't sound like somebody who is evil. He, uh, the Bible says he was a man who was perfect and not just that, but he was a man who was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And so he lists some things right there about Job. He was perfect, one. He was upright, two. He feared God, three. And he eschewed evil, four. There were four things about Job that is mentioned right there. Um, and so, like I said, we, when you learn God's character, you'll learn that God is not vindictive, that God is not uh, one that enjoys destroying people or crushing people, you know, and things like that. And that's important to know, because not only will we deceive our own selves sometimes or our feelings will deceive us, but the enemy, Satan, will try to deceive us also. And so we have to remember that we need to know God's character in the trials of life. And so Eliphaz was one of the friends who came to visit Job when he was su uh, suffering and after uh, you know, his children had been killed and his cattle had been killed and his body had been stricken with boils, you see. And, and, and these men came to visit Job. There was, uh, there was uh, actually uh, three of Job's friends that came to visit him. Uh, in uh, Job chapter 4, verse 11, it says, Now when Job's three friends heard of all this evil that was come upon him, they came everyone from his own place, Eliphaz, the Temanite, and Bildad, the Shuhite, and Zophar, the Namathite, for they had made an appointment together to come to mourn with him and to comfort him. So this was their purpose, two purposes that they had when they came to visit Job. One was uh, to come and mourn with him and also to comfort him. And so as we said today, we're going to talk about the 
first friend, Eliphaz, the Temanite. Uh, Eliphaz is the name of his town was Timon. And I can remember that one time when uh, reading about Samson, uh, you know, he was uh, in that town of Timon or Timon. Uh, but this is where Eliphaz came from. And when I was studying about this particular town briefly, uh, it, the, the Bible dictionary said that it is a district of Eden, Edom, sorry. It's a district of Edom, which has to do with Esau. And Edom means, uh, has to do with red, red, red clay or the red or the color red. But the root of, uh, of Timon is Y-A-M-I-N, Yamin. And so that would be uh, Yud, Ayin, Mem, uh, and that would be a Vav, and then a Nun, uh, Yamin. And so that word Yamin means right hand, but, but also it said that it meant left hand. It meant right side or the south side is what uh, Yamin is talking about. And it also said that it's literally a man often opposed. Uh, and I also read a little bit about uh, this right hand. Uh, and in Jonah 4.11, uh, God was talking to Jonah. And, and, and we're just talking about the definitions right now. So I'm mentioning different things, but I'm still on the same subject. And so, uh, you know, when uh, God was telling Jonah to go down to Nineveh, uh, one of the things that he said about the people down there, that God said about the people in Nineveh, was that they didn't know their right hand from their left hand. They were not discerning people. And so, um, this word, Yamin, has to do with the right hand. And you remember that one of uh, the one of the twelve of the tribes of Israel name was Benjamin, and Ben in the Hebrew it it means son, uh, or the son of, and so when you put the son of with Yamin, it means the son of my right hand or the son of the right hand. And so when I was looking at this, uh, you know this. Uh, concept of uh of uh of yamin in the in the bible dictionary and it and it said because it seemed to be contradictory it said that it, it meant the right hand and then it said uh left hand <clears throat> it said the right side and then it said the south side so to me it's like uh, a person that's involved with double dealing you know or or somebody who's shifty or shady um you know that's what that's the concept that came to my mind when you're looking at the right hand and it means the left hand. Well, it should mean one or the other, but it, in the Hebrew, it does have different shades of meaning. Each word has different shades of meaning. Uh, but then also when I looked at this, uh, this uh, concept of Yamin and, you know, the right hand, you're looking at authority and power because it said that Yeshua Jesus is seated on the right hand of God. Uh, and so, however, 
you know, and one of the things that the Holy Spirit brought to my mind is that we don't have to be a product of where we came from. We do not have to be a product of where we came from. <coughs> Excuse me. This man, Eliphaz, came from Teman. And you see what I just went through uh, as far as terms and, and definitions of the meaning of Teman. But he did not have to be a product of where he came from. You know, even when Jesus uh, first introduced himself to his disciples and they found one of them found out that he came from Nazareth, they asked the question, can any good thing come from Nazareth? And the answer is yes. And I believe that's why Jesus included Nazareth as a place of his origin to show that we do not have to be a product of where we came from. I said we do not have to be a product of where we came from. We could be a product if we allow ourselves to be a product, but we don't have to be a product of where we come from. Amen. And so, however, this is where Eliphaz came from. He came from Teman. Um, also, I want to look at uh, a passage of scripture before we go even further into this um, well, I'll tell you what, let's, yeah, let's, let's look at that scripture first. And that scripture is actually found in second Chronicles, uh, chapter one, second Chronicles, chapter one, verse seven. And it says this in that night, did God appear unto Solomon and said unto him, ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said unto God, Thou hast shewed great mercy upon David my father, and hast made me to reign in his stead. Now, O Lord God, let thy promise unto David my father be established, for thou hast made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Give me now wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people for who can judge thy people that is so great and God said to Solomon because this was in thine heart and thou hast not asked riches wealth or honor nor life of thine nor the life of thine enemies he didn't want his enemies to be killed he didn't want God to kill his enemies like his father David did neither yet has asked long life but has asked wisdom and knowledge for but has asked wisdom and knowledge for thyself that thou mayest judge my people over whom I have made thee king. Wisdom and knowledge is granted unto thee, and I will give thee riches and wealth and honor such as none of the kings have had that have been before thee, neither shall there be any after thee have the like. Then Solomon came from his journey to the high place that was at Gibeon to Jerusalem or Jerusalem. There's no J's in the Hebrew to Jerusalem from before the tabernacle of the congregation and reigned over Israel. And Solomon gathered chariots and horsemen and he had a thousand and four hundred chariots and twelve thousand horsemen which he placed in the chariot cities and the king of Jerusalem and the king made silver and gold at 
Yerushalem, as plenteous as stones, and cedar trees made he as the sycamore trees that are in the vale of abundance. And Solomon, or Shlomo, that's his name in Hebrew, Shlomo, had horses brought out of Egypt, and linen, yarn, the king's merchants received the linen, yarn at a price, and they fetched up and brought forth out of Egypt or Mitzrayim, a chariot of 600 shekels of silver and an horse for 150 and so brought they uh, so brought they out horses for all the kings of the Hittites and for the kings of Syria by their means now what I really wanted to focus on in this passage of scripture is that God gave uh, Solomon or slow-mo uh, wisdom like no one has ever had before or probably will ever have again and so he uh had this wisdom that god gave him and there are many questions that he asked about life now one of the things that we will learn in looking at uh job out of the blue because the way this podcast began was that there was situation or a situation that happened to me and it seemingly came out of nowhere. And so the Lord dropped this seed in my spirit that, you know, said out of the blue. And that's an old adage that people have used for some time. Oh, it just came out of the blue. But is that really a fact that things just come out of the blue, you see? And so Solomon had a deeper depth of insight into life than what any of the other kings had. And so... uh this is what I am looking for, and I believe we all should be looking for, to be able to dissect the situations of life, look deeper into them, and not just say, oh, it's just coincidental, or it's just in the cards, or it's just luck, or whatever, but to be able to be discerning and to be able to, uh, you know, uh, look, at, look deeper into these situations of our life, because I believe this is my personal belief that life is a uh, series of uh, orchestrated events, you know, and either they're orchestrated by Hasatan or they're orchestrated by Hashem, by God. But I don't believe that anything just happens. But then, you know, I believe that we should ask questions. I really do. I believe that we should ask God questions about life. Like I have a lot of questions like why are there are there, you know, seemingly so many rich people. But then there's uh, as many or more poor people. You see, why do people suffer? Why is evil in the world? Why do people do the things that they do to one another? You know, and so there's a lot of a lot of questions and I believe that we should ask questions. Now, one of the books that King Solomon or King Shlomo wrote uh, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, because it wasn't his words, but the Holy Spirit gave him what to write. And that is the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, and Ecclesiastes has to do with preaching. You see, uh, when you talk about the Ecclesia or Ecclesiastes, or the preacher. Well, in Ecclesiastes chapter 6 and verse 1, it says, There is an evil which I have seen. This is King Slomo Solomon 
whatever you want to call him, well, not a whatever you want to call him, but those two names, it's either Solomon or, or Shlomo, uh, there is an evil which I have seen under the sun, and it is common among men. A man to whom God hath given riches, wealth, and honor, so that he wanteth nothing for his soul of all that he desireth, yet God giveth him not power to eat thereof. But a stranger eateth it. This is vanity, and it is an evil disease. If a man beget an hundred children and live many years, so that the days of his years may be many, and his soul be not filled with good, and also that he have no burial, I say that an untimely birth is better than he. Uh, it says also, for he cometh in with vanity, and departed in darkness, and his name shall be covered with darkness. Moreover, he hath not seen the sun, nor known anything. This hath more rest than the other. Yea, though he live a thousand years, twice told, yet hath he seen no good. Do not all go to one place? And he asked that question. And uh, all the labor of man is for his mouth, and yet the appetite is not filled. For what hath the wise more than the fool? He asks another question. What hath the poor that knoweth to walk before the living? Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the desire. So to me, that right there means... Uh, better is what you have at least you have that and you can see that and enjoy that than the wandering of the desire something that you want but you don't have it he said this is also vanity and vexation uh, of spirit that which hath been is named already and it is known that it is man neither may he contend with him that is mightier than he seeing there excuse me seeing there be many things that increase vanity what is man the better for who knoweth what is good for man in this life all the days of his vain life which he spend as a shadow for who can tell a man what shall be after him under the sun then he says a good name is better than precious ointment and the day of death than the day of one's birth it is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting for that is the end of all men and the living will lay it to his heart sorrow is better than laughter for by the sadness of the countenance the heart is made better we're going to read a couple more verses then i want to go to the book of job the heart of the wise is in the house of mourning but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth it is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools for as the crackling of thorns under a pot so is the laughter of the fool this also is vanity surely oppression maketh a, a wise man mad and a gift destroyeth the heart Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof, and the patient in the uh, excuse me, and the patient in spirit 
is better than the proud in spirit. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resisteth in the bosom, uh, excuse me, because anger resteth in the bosom of, of fools. Say not thou, what is the cause that the former days were better than these? For thou hast not uh, for thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this. Wisdom is good with an inheritance, and by it there is profit to them that see the sun. For wisdom is a defense, and money is a defense. But the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. One more verse. Uh, Consider the work of God, for who can make that uh, straight which it, which had been made crooked. And so, you know, when, when we look at these things, uh, Solomon is asking, you know, a lot of different questions, but he's taking life and he's dissecting life. And this is what I want to do with the words of uh, Eliphaz. I want to dissect them, take them apart, look at them, because if we just read the Bible... And we do not uh, really study the Bible. And studying is, is is deeper than just, you know, cross-referencing and looking at this verse and that verse. But studying is actually getting down into the science of etymology and finding out the root of these words. And then putting the root there before you and looking at the concept that this person is is trying to bring across through the power of the Holy Spirit. In the book of Job, in chapter 5, in verse 1, he says, Call now, if there be any that will answer thee, and to which of the saints wilt thou turn? And so who is he talking to? Who is Eliphaz talking to? He went to see Job, and so evidently he's talking to Job, he says, call now. You see, in the midst of Job's situation, in the midst of his suffering, in the midst of everything that was going on in his life. And many times it is easy to keep our composure when things are going good. I'm not talking about throwing stuff and cursing and this, that and the other, but I'm just talking about being strong in faith. I'm talking about being settled in our mind, in our beliefs. I'm talking about having a foundation that we can stand on, you know, whether uh, whether the wind is blowing or whether it's not. Whether we're going through uh, uh, adverse situations, and that's what wind, the wind talks about. It's, the wind is talking about adversity, whether we're going through adverse situations or re- whether everything is calm, you see. What, you know, I don't know what your now is. Your now could be that somebody passed away in your life. Your now could be that a friend turned their back on you. You know, your now could be that you lost your job. Your now could be that your mate wants to divorce you. Your now could be that you lost a child. Your now could be anything, you see, because uh, in this life, we... Just because we are saints, as the Bible says, or just because we are believers or just because we live a good life does not mean that adversity will not come to us. It does not mean that we won't have to go through adverse situations. You see, 
and you know uh and it and it and you know what's the origin of that thing but as we were when things were going good is as we should be when things are not going so good and so Elipha says call now you call then call now you see he says if there be any that will answer you and there is no guarantee i mean you know we it's good i think to have support systems i think it's good to have people that we can confide in i think it's good to have people that we can trust to some degree uh or to a large degree that will not take what we tell them of a personal nature and go back and spread it to someone else shame 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 on the person that does that because that person who confided in you thought enough of you held you in enough esteem to share something that was very very personal to you you see and uh you know there are people right now that need to make amends with someone else because someone confided in you but you went and told someone else and then it got back to the person that had confided in you and now there's a rift between you and that other person whereas you should not have told anything that that person told you and i'm speaking prophetically because this is not going on with me and i don't know who it's going on with but this is something that God has given me at this particular time for this podcast. So whoever it is, go and make amends with that person because we will all have a now. Job had a now. His now was that his children were killed in a, in a whirlwind. His now was that his cattle was burnt up. His now was that his body had boils all over it. We will all have a now, but we don't know what our now will be, but our now will be, you see. And as we read in the book of uh, Second uh, Chronicles, uh, in, in, excuse me, in the book of Ecclesiastes, that Solomon was saying that, you know, there's all kinds of situations that happen to everybody in this life, whether it's the rich or whether it's the poor, whether it's the what they call the privileged or whether it's the less privileged or least privileged, life and situations and circumstances happen to every one. You see, even a rich man, even what the Bible says, what we just read, talking about a rich man, you see. And just because they're rich does not mean that their life uh, won't be difficult. Or there'll be some difficulties that come into their lives because everything may be uh, peachy keen right now, but your now will change. Your now will change when your not when your now is in uh, uh, when then becomes your now. You see. So, however, he says, "Call now if there be any that will answer thee." And a lot of times, let me say this, the only person a lot of times that will answer us is God. He will always have an answer for us. And even when he's quiet, he has an answer for us. Because when he's quiet, you know, that means that 
you know, don't, you know, just trust him. Excuse me. He's got it. He's got it. Just trust him. He doesn't have to say anything because he's got it. He says in verse five, I'm sorry, in verse one of chapter five in Job, he says, uh, to which of the saints wilt thou turn? You see, and are we able to discern people enough to know who we can trust and who we can turn to and who not to turn to, you see? And, you know, sometimes uh, when we're doing podcasts or when I'm doing podcasts and I'm talking about these different things, all of these things are in the text that we're talking about. So I'm touching on all of those things because they're all in this particular text. And as I said before, we have to be able to dissect the text or the passage of scripture or the chapter and verses and begin to to dissect it and put together, not us ourselves, but allow God to show us what is the concept behind this particular chapter and these verses, you see. And so I'm not going to skip over different things, but I'm going to touch on all of those things because all of these verses have something to do with the main focal uh, or the main focus of what is going on. He says, for which of the saints wilt thou turn? Are we discerning enough to know who we can turn to? He says in Job chapter five, verse three, I have seen the foolish taking root. He says, but suddenly I cursed his habitation. His children are far from safety. You know, and sometimes people don't realize that their actions will affect their seed. Their actions will affect their seed. And the Bible calls the seed, the, the, the offspring, the children of that particular person. And he says, I have seen the foolish taking root, but suddenly I cursed his habitation. His children are far from safety and they are crushed in the gate. Neither is there any to deliver them. There is none to deliver them. And some people don't realize the far, the far reaching or the far reach reaches of their behavior. He says, whose harvest the hungry eateth up and taketh it even out of the thorn. Now, there are some things, let me say this. There are some things that we cause in our own lives. Job uh, uh, suffered adversity, but it wasn't because of him. But there are some people like what we're talking about right now, the 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 uh, the wicked and, and, you know, the foolish and things like that that bring situations on themselves and on their children and on their family members. It says, whose harvest the hungry eateth up and taketh it even out of the thorns and the robber swalloweth it up their substance. Although affliction cometh not forth of the dust, neither doth trouble spring out of the ground. It doesn't just come out of midair or this trouble that is that is coming on them in these particular verses did not just come out of midair it did not come out of the ground it didn't just grow up by itself you see um and it did not uh spring forth or come forth out of the dust 
neither doth trouble, he says, spring up out of the ground. Yet man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. And so the sparks flying upward, but what is the origin of those sparks? Those sparks started with that fire or they started in that fire and the sparks flew up out of the fire. But that was the origin. You see, you see the sparks, but what's the origin? What's the origination point? You see what I'm saying? You see what's happening to people, but why is it happening? What is the origin of their affliction or their trouble? He says, yet man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. I would seek unto God and unto God would I commit my cause. And this is what all of us need to do that believe in God, because there are some people who don't. So who are they going to commit their cause to? I don't know. I guess they're going to commit it to luck. Which doth great things, he said, God, which does great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number, who giveth rain upon the earth and sendeth waters upon the fields. This is, you know, people look at the, look at the rain and the rain comes out of the clouds, but they don't look at the bigger picture God puts that water, that rain in the clouds, and then he caused the clouds to rain upon the earth. It said, he doth great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number, who giveth rain upon the earth and sendeth waters upon the fields to set up on high those that be low, that those which mourn may be exalted to safety. So, you know, people look at folks and, and they, they started off doing poor and now they're doing better, and now they're an executive, and now they're, you know, a, uh, a president of a corporation. And they said, well, they, they, you know, they went to school and they got their PhD and they did this and they did that, you know, and they had good luck and all of that. But it actually was God who raised them up. He disappointed the devices of the crafty so that their hands cannot perform their enterprise. Many times we have uh, been spared from uh, bad circumstances. And it was God who did that. You see, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness and the counsel of the fraud is carried headlong. They meet with darkness in the day, even while the sunlight is out. Those that's doing wrong, God will cause them to meet with darkness in all of that light that's outside. They will still meet with darkness in the daytime and grope in the, in the noonday in the night. Job 5:15 but he saveth the poor from the sword from their mouth and from the hand of the mighty so the poor hath hope and in, and iniquity stoppeth her mouth behold happy is the man whom God corrected therefore despise not thou the chastening of the almighty in uh, uh, Hebrews it said God chastens those that he loves for he maketh sore and bindeth up he woundeth and his hands make whole. So that's saying that God will chasten us, God will correct us, God will discipline us, but God will also heal us and, and bind us up where he had to wound us and, and, and uh, discipline us. He shall deliver thee in six troubles, yea, in seven there shall no evil touch thee. In famine he shall redeem thee from death and in war from the power of the sword. You know, there, there's an invisible hand that's always around us, an invisible hand uh, called Hashem, called God, called Jesus, Yeshua, 
that is always working on our behalf. We don't see it. But I'm reminded of the scripture in the New Testament that said that he causes all things to work together according to his will. But it also says that uh, 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 that he causes all things uh, to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. In other words, God has sown and stitched himself, so to speak, in every circumstance that, that goes on in our lives. There is nothing that happens out of the blue. There's nothing adverse that happens out of the blue. And there's nothing good that happens out of the blue. Now, this is my take on it. Thou shalt be hid from the scourge of the tongue, he says. Neither shalt thou be afraid of destruction when it cometh. At destruction and famine thou shalt laugh. Neither shalt thou be afraid of the beast of the earth. You know, there are some people that are believers, and I don't call myself a Christian. I call myself a believer. Uh, and uh, I have a relationship with Hashem and with Yeshua, Jesus, through the blood of Jesus' covenant. Amen. But when you look at it, you know, uh, there are some people who call themselves Christians that are still living in fear and are afraid, even though they say they know God. But they really, they know about the Bible and they know about God, but they really don't know his character. As we started off talking about from the beginning, that we need to know God's character. Because there are many people that go to church every Sunday, synagogue, every Saturday, uh, and uh, still are afraid, you know. And this is, has been a common theme, not just with us today, but with the children of Israel and, you know, B'nai Yisrael. They were afraid of the giants when the the uh the spies came back and said well you know there's giants in the land and we can't go over and possess the land when joshua sent out the the, the spies uh they were afraid but this but then he joshua said well don't be afraid because god is with us so what was he saying god he knew god's character so that's why he wasn't afraid and the only way that we're not going to be afraid is if we know god's character that god has us protected you see uh, he said, at destruction and famine, thou shalt laugh, neither shalt thou be afraid of the beasts of the earth. Then he says in uh, Job chapter 5, verse 23, for thou shalt be in league with the stones of the field and the beast of the field shall be at peace with thee. And thou shalt know that thy uh, tabernacle shall be in peace or your dwelling place, your home shall be in peace. And thou shalt visit thy habitation and uh, shalt not sin. And the last couple of verses says, thou shalt know also that thy seed, your children or your grandchildren shall be great and thine offspring as the grass of the earth. Thou shalt come to thy grave in a full age like as a shock of corn cometh in uh, in his season. Lo, this we have searched it. So it is good. It is verse 27 of uh, Job chapter five. Lo, this we have searched it. So it is. Hear it and know thou it for thy good. And so a life was we're not just telling Job or Job, something that he heard somebody say, but he said, we have searched it. So I'm saying to all of us, to me, to you, to everyone that's listening, let's search life. Let's look at life. Let's dissect life. Because you see in the book of Job, 
in Sifa Yov, you see that uh, there are two things that are going on here practically simultaneously. And that is Hasatan is attacking Yov, but yet God is preserving Yov. And so we need to understand that even when something seems like that is coming out of the blue, that is really not coming out of the blue. It is Hasatan, but God is bigger than Hasatan because Hasatan could not do anything he wanted to do. God, Hashem drew lines and said, you can go this far, but no further. You can do this, but you can't do that. You see, so Hasatan can't just do whatever he wants to do. Hashem is in ultimate control. And also we need to know Hashem's character. And we need to know that Hashem notices everything about us and everything that we do. Yes, God knows your faithfulness. He knows how faithful you've been to him. He knows how faithful you've been in his service, in his kingdom. He knows how you treat other people, you see, and he knows uh, your, your situation. And Satan, Has Hasatan, cannot do anything to you that God does not allow him to do. So on that note, if you want to communicate with me, it's RevKev and the root 2020 at gmail.com. The email is RevKev2020 at gmail.com. And so until next time, God bless you. Let us pray. Father, I thank you. And I just pray that you be with your people, that you let this podcast not fall upon deaf ears. Uh, in Lord, that you give us a heart to be able to understand what your word is saying, but not only to understand it, Lord, but to apply it to our lives so that we may grow thereby. And Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah. Amen.